the full tank with phil podcast the first ever podcast about gambling on nascar that's what you're looking to do you have come to the right place because we've got the playoffs winding down and we're trying to get in all the action we possibly can and on this week's episode we are taking a look back at that las vegas race that denny hamlin won and we'll talk about how our bets did what we thought of the race overall and move forward then to the main focus of this episode talladega The big one, yeah, the biggest track on the circuit, most people's favorite track, honestly, on the schedule. We're going to talk about everything there is about Talladega, what's good about betting on it, what's not good, and get to some picks, winners, finishing position, head-to-heads, everything that we normally do. So we can't wait to talk about Talladega. And then at the very end, we've got a Phil's fired up, kind of a mixed bag here. going to throw a tiny bit of the trucks in there and then uh, have some positivity, actually towards the sports books so we'll get a little positive momentum positive juju out there at the very end of the episode so let's start by taking a look back at las vegas overall as a product on the racetrack i thought that race was pretty boring and looking around social media and different websites different podcasts it seems like that's the general consensus that was kind of a boring track boring race the thing about it was The reason I was looking forward to this race was the same reason I think the drivers were a little bit scared of it is because when you get a bunch of restarts, especially late in the race, these guys could go four wide. Anything could happen. Things could get out of control pretty quickly. The the fact of the matter is it didn't happen. We didn't get those cautions. We didn't get those restarts. So it was kind of a boring race. We only had one real caution. One of the backmarker cars got airborne and, um, you know, driver got sent to the hospital but other than that there wasn't really many cautions we had some guys run over debris cutting tires down but it wasn't causing a lot of chaos on the racetrack and so you had guys stretching out now the one thing if you're a fan of strategy this was a very interesting race to watch and and could have been fun for you if you know you were really really into it because the end of stage two brought some strategy plays where some teams made their bones and some teams completely fell apart. I'm looking at you, Hendrick Motorsports. They really fumbled the ball in that stage two and you know really didn't set themselves up to win the race. They had some cars that could get it done and they just didn't. So uh, Hendrick Motorsports, yeah, that strategy of when to pit, when not to pit, that could have been interesting to some people. But the fact of the matter was, at the end of the day, just kind of a boring race because we didn't get that so-called action that we were looking for and um, you know we got a text from our guy Derek he was on last week at picks by blaze you can find him on social media after it was over he was on last week for the full tank face off and the head-to-head section we'll recap that a little bit more but he said it perfectly I mean he said this is a a race that makes me happy that I'm gambling on it Um, this is why you bet on NASCAR to make those races interesting And, and it's exactly right I mean we've said it on this podcast throughout the season from time to time, depending on the racetrack, Texas is another one we're going to be getting to in a bit. Um, that's why you bet on the race to make it more interesting. And, and our bets definitely made this race more interesting. If we didn't have these, I definitely would have turned it off because I was not having fun watching it otherwise. But talking about our bets, I was having some fun following along with some of these guys that we called out. Now, I called out Kyle Busch, and if you remember, I said, you know, I'm only calling him out for JGR because I'm kind of tired of saying Denny Hamlin every single week, and people that listen are probably tired of it. I threw in a bet on Hamlin personally, but I can't take credit for it on the podcast. We did call out Kyle, so I won't do that. But one thing, he was our our moneymaker was Ryan Blaney. Um, He was our workhorse last week. He was the top Ford, as we said. We 
hit the top five for Brian Blaney bet. And, you know, the head-to-head, Blaney versus Kozlowski, I believe it was, that was the pick for Derek in the head-to-head section. It was a good pick. We talked about why that was a good pick. So if you threw money specifically on that one, not part of a parlay, you definitely cleaned up there. So Blaney was our bell cow back last week, making us some money. We also won some money on the Newman top 20 bet. That was just seemed like a cleanup situation there, plus 150. We were fleecing the sports books on that one. Uh, Chris Busher let us down a little bit last week. I put a lot of stock in his basket, and it did not pan out. He ended up outside of the top 20 by a considerable margin there, a couple laps down. So he let me down, but that was the only reason why I was really upset. Uh, for the most part, you know, definitely come out victorious there on the day in Vegas. So for that, you know, I'm definitely thankful and we're happy, but um, overall, as far as like the product on the racetrack, like we said, not what you would hope for in a playoff race to kick off, you know, the round of 12. So that's really all we wanted to talk about there. And uh, we will talk more about that face off that we went head to head against Derek with in the head to head section later. So now we will look ahead because Talladega is a lot of people's favorite racetrack. It's the last super speedway. If you're kind of newer to NASCAR, you really only have Daytona and Talladega as these super speedways, these racetracks where absolutely anybody can win. Anything can happen. High, high speeds, lots of crashes, heavy damage, a lot of cars caught up in those types of crashes. So that's why people like Talladega. It is the longest track on the circuit, 2.66 miles. And the thing about Dega is their finishing line is kind of further down where you would normally think it would be. So it makes the finishes a little wild because they come off that turn four and you think, okay, well, there's the ending. No, they still have a little bit further stretch. So it makes the finishes tight, makes it fun. Um, so a lot of a lot of craziness there. Talladega is definitely a fan favorite. Now, I'll dive into the track stats that we normally get to right now, and then we'll talk about kind of why people love it and maybe why people don't like betting on it. So track stats, 104 races all-time in the Cup Series. The winner has started on the pole 14 times. Last time it happened was last year, Denny Hamlin in 2020. Then Starting in the top five, the winner has started there 56% of the time and top 10, 75% of the time. Those numbers are a little bit different than what I would have thought because this is a racetrack that, you know, really anybody can win is what you think about when you come into this. I don't think I would have guessed that the winner would have started in the top 10 74 times. Like that's pretty crazy. Um, starting outside of the top 20, right? Anybody can win. Well, not really. Only eight times the last time it happened was Denny Hamlin in 2014. So that mentality is true, but it doesn't happen necessarily very often as far as starting from way in the back. Now, manufacturer trends, there is one here at this racetrack. Ford absolutely dominates at Talladega. They have won 11 of the last 14 races, three of the last four races. So Ford, if you're a fan of the Ford camp, this is definitely one that they've had circled on their calendar. So you could be happy about that. Brad Keselowski has six wins here. We're going to talk about him in some capacity coming up, but that's another thing to kind of keep in mind as you're going through the list of drivers and the odds, Ford dominates. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. 11 of 14, that's a dynasty. I mean, in the last 10 years or so, um, that's pretty crazy. So mark yourself down to, to make sure you at least take at least one Ford driver if you're somebody who likes to spread out the picks. Now, if you're newer to betting on NASCAR, and you're just starting to get into it, you know, this past year or so, maybe even the last like couple months from the summertime on, this is a different look than what you're used to. Because just a week ago, we had our favorite going off at plus 350. Well, at Talladega and Daytona, the odds are completely bumped up and a lot longer than we're used to. And they're kind of more scrunched together. So for example, Denny Hamlin is going off as our favorite. He's plus 900. Our favorite to win the race is plus 900. The reason is because it's chaos. 
anything can happen. We've got seven drivers who fall in between the plus 900 and plus 1200 range. That is just a, a huge amount of drivers in that small spectrum. So that's different than what we're used to on any other racetrack. And it just all plays into the fact that anything can happen. So for that reason, that gets people liking betting on Talladega and not liking it. I can understand staying away from this race because it's like, you know, why even bother? You know what I mean? You put all this effort into trying to think about guys who are going to do well here and then one big crash and it wipes out, you know, all your bets. I can understand that. I really, really can if you're, you know, trying not to be frustrated. This bet is or this racetrack is good enough where you wouldn't need to throw bets in. Complete opposite of Vegas, complete opposite of Texas. Um, so you could watch this race with no bets and absolutely have a blast. But, you know, this is a gambling podcast and I'm promoting it. I love it because if you do throw some money down on a guy who is there in the end, it makes that ending even more fun. So I'm all about that. And I love this racetrack and the odds because you can bet smaller amounts of money on, you know, kind of a different group of guys and kind of have a, a eclectic stable that you're running with this weekend and potentially make a lot of money. So you can throw some money down comfortably, more comfortably than normal on some of the guys in the back to say, you know, maybe they're going to um, jump up and surprise some people. So I will say that anyone that we talk about on this episode from the winner section all the way through the head to head section, anybody that we like, I would throw a sprinkle a little bit down on the, the money line to win just for the hell of it. I mean, because anything can happen. I keep saying it, um, but it's true. So just keep your you know mind right there. Uh, now, as far as you know, what we're going to be looking at on this episode when we're calling out stats, we're looking at driver rating at this racetrack. We're calling out the last six years, which is sometimes 11 races, so a little bit different than we're used to with 10 races. So just keep that in mind when I throw out the driver rating stat. If we zero in on a, a different section of time, I will call that out. But last six years for the driver rating, um, it's 11 races. And uh, average finish, we'll be throwing out the last 10 races. But something I wanted to zero in on was the 2021 Super Speedways. I went back and I, I dug up the stats for this year, put everybody in a spreadsheet and um, even though it's a small sample size, it is this year. So when we're looking at history, you know, I do like to throw a little bit of spice in there how these guys are working out uh, in the current season, in the current equipment. So we're looking at both Daytona races and the spring Talladega race. So you'll hear me calling that out throughout the episode as well. So with that, let's get to it. Talking about picking winners for this week at Talladega, it's a, it's a stressful thing, honestly. I mean, you look at these odds, you look at the list, and you're just like, man, where do you start? So the guy I'm going to start with is Joey Logano. He's going off at plus 1,000. He's plus 140 to finish in the top top, top five. rather. That's one of the other things that's fun is because this is so crazy – you can take some of the guys who are near the top of the list and still get decent value on them to finish top three, top five, top ten. So Joe Logano, plus 1,000 to win the race. Now, one thing that stands out to me is if you look back, like I did, at the three previous Super Speedway races this year in 2021, all three races were won by a Ford driver. And Joey Logano is not one of them. So if you were to flash forward before the season started and said that to someone, hey, three super speedway races, all going to be won by Ford, you know, who are they going to be? You definitely would have said, oh, Joey Logano definitely won one of them. Uh, so it's shocking to me that he has not. It was Michael McDowell, Brad Keselowski, and Ryan Blaney were the winners of those previous races this year. So he got to imagine you know, there's a little bit of an ego thing, a little bit of a pride thing. He's looking around at his camp like, damn, I'm the only one and I'm I'm the guy. I mean, his stats are damn good. So he could definitely make it a Ford sweep. That is for sure. Like looking at his numbers here in the last 10 races, two wins, five top fives and five top tens. His average finish compared to everyone is sixth on the circuit, 14.0. His driver rating, though, is tops first. 
Zero. The only person in that time span with a driver rating above 103. It tells you how hard it is to drive well here. And that driver rating tells a story because lately his finishes have not been very good. I mean, he doesn't have a top 10 finish at Talladega in his last four races. And his driver rating is still first compared to everyone above 100. So that tells you that he drives well here, even though sometimes he might not get the finish that he deserves. So this has been a pretty weird year for Joey Logano. It's, you know, definitely not, it seems like there might be like something going on in that camp, um, in that 22 camp. He's just not the Joey that we're used to seeing. He's not grabbing the bull by the horns. So I would think that this is a racetrack that Ford feels comfortable enough to just kind of go in and, you know, muscle memory. You know, he likes to be up front. I would imagine that 22 car is going to be up front in some capacity this race, this coming Sunday. He has led the most laps in the last 10 races compared to everyone. He's first in that category, well over 300 laps led, which is great. It's exactly what you're looking for. You want a guy that's going to be up front. I think in this case, Joey Logano is staring at this on a schedule. A lot of people are scared of Talladega. They don't want this racetrack to be on the schedule if you're in the playoffs because anything can happen and they can bump all the way back below the cut line. I think Joey is one of those guys that looks at this and says, this is a race I can win. This is a winnable race for me. I think Denny Hamlin's another guy. We're not going to talk about Denny, but he and Denny, I think, are two guys that are looking at this like, yes, you know, eyes like saucers. We can do this. And the top five is another bet. I mean, I think that's a good one. Uh, plus 140. That's decent value there because, if you look at his numbers that I read off in his last 10 races, if he's in the top 10, he's in the top five. So it's either like really good or he's outside the top 10. Um, so I would take that bet plus 140 as well. And he's going head to head against Larson. This is just a kind of a throw in bet. Head to head versus Larson. Larson's not very good at this racetrack and Joey is. So I think, you know, put this season aside um, as far as their overall schedule. Obviously, Larson's coming up this year. Super Speedway, Talladega, I'm taking Joey over Larson in that, but we'll throw that into a parlay on race day. I'm sure you'll see that out there. So Joey Logano is our first pick to kind of lay the foundation for us. The next guy that I'm going to go with, I believe I called him out last week. Yes, I did. It was William Byron in Vegas, and he had such a wonky race in Vegas. Uh, but he's going off at plus 1,100 this weekend at Talladega, seven career starts here at this racetrack, two top fives and two top tens. His average finish isn't that great, 17.1. That's 16th compared to everyone. But his driver rating stands out to me, sixth compared to everyone. It's 85.7. And he's been getting much better on super speedways as his career has progressed, whether it's Daytona, which he has a victory at, or Talladega in his last three races at Talladega specifically. It was 11th place, 4th place, and then in the spring, he finished 2nd. So he's clearly starting to figure out this super speedway game. And I think sometimes that's just how it is with these guys. The guys who end up being really good at specific types of racetracks a lot of times didn't start that way. They don't come in, you know, rolling it. Think about Martin Truex Jr. in short tracks. It took him forever to kind of get that win and try to figure it out. Now he's the king of Martinsville and some of those other little guys. So same thing with William Byron here. I can see potentially in that 24 car. Um, he's led laps in four straight Talladega races and six races of his last seven. Um, he's completed all of the laps, which is a big stat. You might think that that's kind of a silly thing to call out, but to complete all Every lap at Talladega three straight times is a big deal, like kind of mentally, you know, coming in, like saying, I am I know how to stay on that lead lap. I know how to avoid the chaos. Uh, we're going to call that out again throughout some of these other drivers that we talk about. But I, I hold that in high regard. I look for that because if you're a guy who's not finishing the race on the lead lap a lot of the times, you know, you're not consistent enough for me to throw money down on you. Um, looking at Byron though, being below the cut line, he's minus four. I think he's in a position where, you know, obviously they're points watching, but I think they're in a spot where they can say, just go for it. You know what I mean? We're below the cut line. We're not expected to kind of really do much. Um, I like him being up there going for it and kind of 
take all the brakes off kind of thing. His driver rating his last three races is third compared to everyone, 95.2. That's a big-time improvement. And in that category, driver rating within the last three, it's all Penske except for Byron. He jumps in there and breaks up that Penske party there. And talk about top five. He's plus 150 to be in the top five. So I like everything that I'm looking at with William Byron here from the mentality aspect of it, from the stats perspective, plus 1,100 to win, 150 to top five, all that stuff I'm in on the 24 car. Again, this weekend, and like Vegas, I said it was wonky. He showed talent. He showed speed. He showed durability, like from a mental standpoint, driving through the field multiple times, just never letting up. Um, So that's the kind of guy I want in my camp you know, on a week in week out basis. So William Byron will, will, will be done here pumping his tires, but plus 1100 to win the race. Then the last guy we're going to call out to win is Ryan Blaney plus 1000. Blaney has, you know, the experience that I'm looking for here. This round just sets up perfectly for Ryan Blaney. I feel like to make it into the round of eight because he finished fifth last week at Vegas We talked about how we really liked him finishing in that top five, and it hit. So he's got momentum, right? He's off to a good start in this round. That's what you want, and he's great at Talladega, as we're going to get to. And then the Roval, he's also very decent. I mean, he's got a win at the Roval as well. So um, a lot to like about Ryan Blaney. If you want to look into a championship pick, plus 1,400, he's, you know, definitely hovering around that top eight and then potentially top four uh, round for this 12 team. So looking at his last 10 races, two wins, two top fives, and three top tens. All right. You know, that's not blowing the doors off of anyone. His average finish is ninth compared to everyone on the track, 16.6. He had a rough start, though, to start his career. Like I said kind of a second ago with Byron, you know, sometimes it takes a while to figure out the draft, figure out how to play things with the other drivers and, and avoid this chaos because lately he has just kind of found it. He has figured it out at super speedways. He has finished every lap, six of the last seven races at Talladega, and he won back-to-back races from the 2019 playoff race to the 2020 spring race, and uh, he finished ninth in this last spring race. So driver rating is third on the circuit, 95.0, and if you're just looking at the last three, jumps up to second. 98.8. So the Ford power helps. I mean, we're calling out two Fords here, and that's by design. I mean, we like the Fords. We called them out as the the manufacturer thing to watch. And, you know, that Ford power is going to help Blaney as well. So he will likely be there in the end. That's the one thing that you want. You know, you want that guy that you're throwing money on to win the race just kind of survive. And Blaney has proven that he knows how to survive. So if he's there in the end, you know, Anything can happen, and that 12 team knows how to get it done, obviously. They're going to ride up front as well, third most laps led, you know, compared to everyone. So, um, the, the and in the most laps led stat, by the way, it's all Team Penske. So, you can't go wrong betting on those guys, in my opinion. Um, so, Blaney, plus 1,000 to win the race. I think he can win his third, Talladega, and clinch his way into the round of Eight. So just to recap, Joey Logano plus 1,000, William Byron plus 1,100, and Blaney plus 1,000. All right, all right, all right. So next up, we're going to get into the finishing position bets. And a racetrack like this, this could be you know a really fun time depending on who you're taking and kind of who you're tracking because there is some value here in some of the guys that we might not call out on a normal basis. And I'm going to start by talking about one of those guys. Ryan Priest is my pick here, minus 110, to finish in the top 20. This is one of my favorite bets of the episode. I love this. Minus 110 just doesn't seem to make sense to me. Five races in his career at Talladega. He has one top five, two top tens, five top 20s okay his average finish is 12.0 that's fourth compared to everybody on the track on Sunday I'm talking about Ryan Priest all right I'm not talking about Kyle Larson or you know a bigger name fourth in average finish he's finished in the top 20 which is the bet we're talking about 100% of the time 
in the spring race. He finished 14th again. Perfect. That's what we want. Do it again. And we're cashing in a big ticket here. His worst career finish at Talladega is 18th. That's two to the good. So, you know, give it to me here. This is exactly what we're talking about. And his drive rating in the last three races specifically, he's seventh compared to everyone. So he's not even just getting good average finish stats. He's getting good driver rating stats as well. 88.2. So he's checking all the boxes so far. Then if you look at the super speedways this year, the three super speedway races in 2021, his average finish is 8.0. That is second out of everybody. Insane stats here. He's plus 220 to finish in the top 10. If you want to get more nuts, there's a bet that you can throw out. Plus 220 top 10. Like I said, I'm just going with the one. He's only done that twice. I'm just going with the one that he's been consistent at, and that's top 20s. I'm surprised this line hasn't moved. I really thought it was going to go from minus 110 to like minus 160 because uh, this just is crazy. I love everything about Ryan Priest and this bet here, top 20. So get in there and get it while it's hot so you can ride with me on this one. Uh, the next guy I'm going to call out, Eric Almirola, minus 120. To finish in the top 10. Now, you know, again, we're giving up a little bit of juice here, but still, when you hear Amarola's stats, you're going to be right there with me. In his last 10 races, he has a win, five top fives, eight top tens. His average finish compared to everyone on the circuit is first, 9.3. His driver rating is 12th, 81.3. Those are the types of stats that I'm looking for here at a super speedway like this. You know what I mean? You're, you're in it. You're able to win it. He's proven that. Eight top tens in ten races. Just sick. And minus 120 to do it again. Now, his last two races, if we're being transparent here, were outside of that top ten. So, he went eight straight. And then, you know, the last two kind of been a little bit rougher. So, I would say this is a rebound race. A bounce back to normal type of thing. He's plus 280 to finish top five. I mean, that's doable. He's done it five times. 50% of the time. In the last 10 races, he's done that. So uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And plus 2,000 to win the whole damn thing. Again, crazy occurrence if that were to happen. But, you know, it's a wonky type of race sometimes at Talladega. And I would love to see it. Um, he needs a contract still. I know that it's looking like he's going to be there again in the 10 car. But it hasn't been confirmed as far as I know. I mean, if I'm wrong, let me know. But I have not seen that come through. So this is definitely one. Pressure's off now, not in the playoffs. I was fading him last week because of, you know, dealing with the first race being eliminated. But now that's kind of out the door. This is more of like kind of a free-for-all situation for that 10 team. And to me, it's checkers or records for this team. So go for it and, you know, you shoot for the moon. Maybe you'll end up in the stars. So minus 120 to finish in the top 10 for Eric Amarola. That's the pick there. Now with this next one, getting a little out of control, so you can definitely check me on this if you want to completely ignore this one. I, you know, understand it, but this is Talladega, so we're taking shots. It's Corey LaJoy plus 110 to finish in the top 20. Seven career starts at Talladega for LaJoy. He's got one top 10, three top 20s. So it's not like this is impossible for him to do. His average finish is 20.0. So it's like right on that number that we're looking for. So why the hell not? He finished 22nd last spring. So in this 2021 season, rather. Um, so he just missed it there. So it would have been a fun tracking bet there in the race earlier this year. And at Super Speedways this season, his average finish is 12th, 15.7. This season on Super Speedways, he had a ninth place finish in the 500, 22nd at Talladega, and 16th at the Daytona night race. So this is a shot in the dark, plus 110. This is something that he has done before, three times, mind you, and just missed a couple other times. So if you want to really have some fun, Corey LaJoy plus 110. I mean, this is the type of guy that he's either going to wreck early and, you know, be the cause of or, or caught up in a wreck and just kind of an afterthought, or 
He'll be a guy that is not mentioned until about 20 laps left, and they're going to be like, wow, look at that Corey LaJoy out there, you know, riding up there, surviving the big ones and, and maintaining position there. So um, plus 110, I'm comfortable with that, just to have a little bit of fun here for LaJoy. Now just some props, I guess you can call them, some team bets here. The Chevy Group is the favorite when you're looking at the manufacturer, which doesn't seem to make sense to me. I guess it's because maybe there's more of them. So it's more of a shotgun approach, just kind of spraying the field and saying, yeah, okay, you know, Chevy plus 120 is the uh, the favorite because they have more options. But Ford plus 150, I mean, we talked about why we really like Penske, talked about Amarola. Harvick has been very good this season on Super Speedway. So Ford has more uh, than they usually do on a weekend and week out basis. So plus 150 definitely is interesting to me. And then the Penske group specifically, I know I'm jocking them pretty hard, plus 360. And you're getting all of them for that number. So I, I can't hate that. Um, still a pretty good payout for getting you know three of the best drivers, according to the stats, on the racetrack on Sunday. So not too bad there. Toyota is the heavy underdog. And that's for good reason. Uh, it's usually, you know, they're really uh, a favorite on intermediate tracks and others. They're plus 380 for the Toyota group. And it's really Hamlin or bust because the JGR teammates are just simply not good here. So if you're throwing this bet in, you're kind of hoping that you catch lightning in a bottle at the Toyota group. You know, you got a guy like uh, Kyle Busch or Christopher Bell or Truex that, you know, jumps up. Uh, Bubba Wallace we're going to talk about in just a bit. But, you know, he has potential to kind of, at least people say that he does, shock people. Um, I, if you were looking at the Toyota camp here for this prop bet, I would probably just say, hey, you know, Hamlin's the the guy out of that group that would be the winner. Maybe just take the plus 900 rather than, you know, dumbing it down and getting shorter odds for guys that really don't have a shot. But, uh that's just my off-the-cuff kind of thought about that prop bet. So uh, to recap the finishing position bets, we've got Ryan Priest minus 110 to finish in the top 20, Almarola minus 120 to finish top 10, and then Corey LaJoy plus 110 to finish top 20. A little bit of uh, back and forth there with the numbers, but I like all of those picks. Firm, but with a little give. Yep, these are medium rare. What if somebody wants theirs well done? We ask them politely yet firmly to leave. Now we arrive at the head-to-head matchup section, and we have to take a quick look back at last week because we had Derek on last week to take part in the full tank face-off, his second time on the podcast, and um, I was able to come out victorious again in that one, two to one, yet again, um, so the total score for the year is 4-2 between the two of us and it was definitely a fun time I mean we talked about how that was a boring race this head-to-head face-off was definitely one that made it interesting as hell to follow um, because you know looking at the the matchups and the way they ended up I had the Hamlin pick over Truex and Hamlin obviously won the race but Truex was right there like for most of the time. So every time I'm kind of scanning the list, I'm saying, okay, you know, Hamlin's got it. Whoa, whoa, Truex, he's not supposed to be that high up. Um, so that was a little nerve wracking, but obviously Hamlin got it done all around. The Blaney Kozlowski bet, you know, there were times when Blaney would pit and it would take a while for him to kind of come back and overtake the two car, but that was a head to head matchup that went into Derek's favor, and then the one that was just completely all over the place. If you were following these picks, you definitely had some fun doing it. It was Alex Bowman and Christopher Bell. Both of these guys were absolutely all over the place, even up until the last, like, 10 laps. Bell had some trouble. He was, like, a lap down, you know, early in the race, and so he's kind of working his ass off to try to get back into it. Bowman was top 10, but like I said, after that stage two break, something happened with the Hendrick crew all around. Um, And then Bowman, you know, he had to come back down. He was ended up a lap down as well. So that put them both kind of in the same ballpark. Bell at one point was like 10th 
out of nowhere. I don't even remember them talking about how he got up there, but then he dropped right back down. Uh, maybe it was during a pit cycle or, or something like that. But um, in any case, Bowen beats out Bell by two spots to give me the matchup. So um, great times, good fun there. And I appreciate Derek coming on. We're definitely going to have to do that again sometime soon. But uh, the full tank face-offs, I'm 4-1 on the year. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. They are definitely very fun to do. No getting around it. Um, so now we'll break down some three head-to-head matchups here. Looking at this, you know, it's a little overwhelming at Talladega looking at the matchups because I find myself going down rabbit holes of stats and then always pulling myself back up saying wait a second i'm gonna go so far down these stats and then you know the second lap of this race some asshole is gonna cut a tire and take out like 16 people and my guy's gonna be part of it Uh, but that's the type of shit you gotta put out of your head when you're talking about it you gotta make sound decisions and just hope that you know what you're talking about here Makes sense. You know, the, the stats that you dug up, the reasons behind your pick are sound and they're not just kind of willy nilly just going for it here. So we're going to first look at Ryan Newman versus Daniel Suarez. Newman is minus 120 to Suarez plus 100. And the season stats, you know, week to week would seem like this is a, you know, really solid matchup. You would say that Suarez probably had the advantage earlier in the season and then they kind of evened out a little bit. But at Daytona, excuse me, at Talladega, you got to look deeper. And we'll start with Daniel Suarez. Nine starts here at Dega, one top 10 in his career, three top 15s, and five top 20s. So there's a reason why we're going into that level. It's because sometimes guys just don't have the, the regular stats like top five, top 10. You need to go a little bit deeper to see where they're finishing. So in nine starts, five top 20s. Average finish is 21.0. Not great. His best finish all time is 10th. 2018 is when that came. So this spring, he finished 23rd in the 99 car. Now his driver rating is 68.3, which is 19th, you know, if you need something to compare that to. But it gets worse recently, which is kind of expected. It drops down to 57.0. But after getting booted from Gibbs, you know, and kind of jumping around a little bit, um, it's definitely expected that that number would drop, uh, but showing, you know, in the 23rd place finish in the spring, that's why we're kind of calling that out. It's like, hey, he was driving the car that he's in right now, and he still didn't really get it done. Now, looking at Ryan Newman, he has much better stats, and that surprised me a little bit. Two top fives, five top tens, seven top 15s, much better than the five top 20s we're getting for Suarez. His average finish is fifth on the circuit, 12.7 at Talladega. That's a really good number. And his driver rating is not great. So he's getting good finishes. He's kind of the opposite of what we normally talk about. His driver rating is 65.8, which is not good um, really at all. But the fact that he's getting the finishes is kind of like, wow, you know, he kind of knows how to, you know, bubble gum and duct tape type of deal and get the finish that you want. And he's consistent because whether you're looking at like the last six years, the last you know three races, it's right around that same mark. So consistency is what we're really looking for in a head-head matchup. I don't want a guy who's you know fluctuating with his finishes and all. I want the guy who's driving the same every single time because you know that's a guy that can make a sound bet on. And uh, he had two second-place finishes in the last ten races. So. You know, that's telling you that this guy had a real shot to win those races. And if you're Ryan Newman, you don't know what you're doing next year. So this could be the last track that you have circled on your calendar as like my last chance to get a victory in NASCAR. Like who the hell knows what he's doing? He might have something lined up. But from an outsider's perspective, like, you know, you're not winning any of those other races. This is one that he has a shot at. So there's got to be a little bit of that creeping in, a little bit of uh, extra adrenaline running through him. And Newman is 5-0 and against Suarez in the last five races head-to-head at Talladega. And for Suarez's full career, so nine races, it's 7-2 in favor of Newman. Now, if you look at the super speedways this year, Newman has an average finish good enough for 15th compared to everyone, and Suarez is 30th. 
So that's just like a huge discrepancy there. And Newman has the two to one advantage head to head on super speedways this year. So my pick here obviously is Ryan Newman minus 120. I mean, everything that I'm calling out there is just pointing to him in that six car, you know, kind of a last hurrah, last stand type of deal for that driver on that team. I'm going to be cheering for him. So give it to me minus 120. The next matchup that I have is somebody that we've talked about, a team that we've talked about quite a bit. Actually, he'll be driving the six car next year. It's Brad Keselowski, minus 120, taking on a big name, Kyle Busch, plus 100. Now, this is a Ford Toyota situation. It's kind of the foundation of this entire matchup. Because when you're looking at the stats, it's a little bit closer than you would think. Like, the odds would tell you that Kozlowski is a huge, huge favorite. Uh, but the stats kind of play into a little bit. But Brad is going to be my play. All right, so I just want to lay that out there first. But I am going to call out how it is a little bit closer. Um, so Kyle Busch, his average finish is 20.5, which that's not great. I mean, that's enough to kind of scare you right off the jump to say like, whoa, you know, why would I want to bet on this guy? Zero wins in the last 10, one top five, two top tens. So right there, you're like, that's not the Kyle Busch that I know. Now his driver rating is seventh, which is pretty solid, 85.7, uh, but he's just not getting the finishes that he wants. Now, looking at Kozlowski, those kind of same numbers, average finish, 18.2, which shocks me because we called out earlier, he's got six wins here, uh, but two of them in his last 10 races, two wins, two top fives, three top tens. So slightly better when you're kind of going down the list there. And if you want to go to like top 15s, top 20s, he's only one better than Kyle Busch all the way up the board. So top fives, top tens, top 15s, top 20s, he's only got one better. If I can reiterate that stat. So that was a little bit surprising. Now, six wins lifetime for Brad. To me, that's a huge deal. It means that he's never counted out heading into one of these races. His drive rating is second, 99.5. And in the last three, it's better. Um, so that's even more of a reason to like him, where is Kyle Busch gets worse in the last three races. He won this race back in the spring. I mean, if, if anything. Right, that's something to cling to. Um, he's the defending champion coming to this racetrack. Last time he was coming through the doors, he knew where victory lane was, and that's always a big deal mentally. Kyle Busch in the last seven races, though, head to head against Kozlowski, has a four-three advantage. But in the last three races, it's Kozlowski three-zero. So kind of a streaky situation here. And in 2021, average finish for super speedways for Brad Kozlowski is 11th. Kyle Busch, 21st. Brad is 3-0 this year on super speedways versus Kyle. The funny thing is he's only finished one spot ahead of Kyle in two of those three races. So like I said, overall, it's closer than you think, right? Like somebody out there might say, wow, those numbers are close enough where I would want to take the value plus 100. But even though they're close, it's always Kozlowski coming out on top. So I'm going to go with the two car here over the 18, mark it down minus 120. I like Kozlowski um, for a lot of different reasons, but for everything that we just said. Our last matchup here is Bubba Wallace, minus 110, taking on Tyler Reddick, minus 110. And Bubba is definitely the trendy pick. And when I saw this matchup, I was like, okay, this is one that I want to start to go down the path of. And as I was getting into it, I was like, I'm going to probably end up taking Bubba here. But as I got into it, I changed my tune and I started to really like the opposite. So I leaned away from it. So let's talk with Bubba first. Average finish is 21.1. Now that isn't supposed to be the case, right? He's supposed to be really good on super speedways. And when you see Talladega, you think of Bubba Wallace. Uh, but that is just simply not true when you're diving into the stats. One top 15 finish in his career at this racetrack, four top 20s. So what that tells you is, you know, he finishes around that 16 to 20 range, which is surprising to me. That's not what I thought was the case for Bubba Wallace. His driver rating is 69.3, but lately it jumps to 83.3. So that's a big improvement. That's something that you should, you know, really dig into or, or something you can hang your hat on there. 
But the funny thing is, the outcome of the finishes that he was getting in those last three races, even though his driver rating has improved immensely, his finishes were 19, 24, and 14 in that time span. That is not what I'm looking for in a head-to-head matchup, right? You're, you're, you need to get the finishes, and you need to be a little bit more consistent than that. And, you know, I guess his consistency is 16 to 20 in that range. You know, I'm looking for a little bit better than that. So then you go to the other side of this coin, right? Tyler Reddick, not the flashy name, not the guy that people are thinking about probably around Talladega, not the, the public action that are coming in on this bet. Uh, but yet in three starts, he's got a 20th place finish and then back-to-back seventh place finishes. That was last year in the playoffs and this spring. So that's something that's kind of eye-opening is that, you know, it wasn't just flashing a pan. He did it twice in a row, seventh place. Average finish in those three races is second. Small sample size, 11.3, though. I mean, hey, those are good numbers. Driver rating is 79.1. They're 2-1 and one at Talladega against Bubba head-to-head in three races while they're on the track at the same time. So Reddick has the advantage there. On super speedways in 2021, both of these guys have been very good. Bubba has a fifth place average finish on super speedways this year 12.7 he finished second at daytona which definitely helped juke his stats a little bit there tyler reddick is right behind him in six 13.0 now the thing with reddick is that kind of tilts the scale for me is that bubba had a second place finish like i said that skewed the stats a little bit reddick is one of five guys on the circuit that has a top 10 finish in two races this year on the three super speedways. And he's got a 2-1 advantage over Bubba at the super speedways this year. That just speaks to the consistency that we're talking about, right? That's what we want in a head-to-head matchup. Someone who can go out and kind of do the same thing each time, just in that same ballpark. I think Tyler Reddick is that sleeper pick. He's going to be there kind of at the end. Like I said before, I mean, he's a guy that you could throw a tiny bit of money on to win the race and probably feel happy about it um, halfway through, three quarters of the way through, 10 laps to go. That eight car, he might be sneaky. So I'm liking him right now. This is an even matchup, minus 110 apiece. I think that it makes sense to go with Tyler Reddick in this one over the flashy pick. Because like I said, I went into it thinking I was taking Bubba. And ended up on the other side of it. So, um, to me, that speaks volumes. So, to recap our picks here, we're going with Ryan Newman over Suarez, minus 120. Kozlowski over Kyle Busch, minus 120. And Tyler Reddick over Wallace, minus 110. If you put those guys in a parlay, you're getting a plus 541 value on those guys. I really like that one. So, um, yeah, let me know if you're riding with me. Then the other thing that I just want to call out, I did this two weeks ago at Bristol, and I'm definitely going to do it this weekend as well, uh, where I just go in the day of the race and however many matchups they offer, I just go in and randomly select um, different drivers for all of them. And I usually call it the lottery parlay, right? Because I think I have a better shot of hitting that parlay than I do hitting the lottery. And at Bristol, I bet 50 cents to win four grand. And I woke up the next day. Obviously, I logged in my account and I didn't see that, that difference in there. But I checked out and I had 12 of 14 right. I mean, I couldn't imagine if we'd hit that. At this weekend, I went in just playing around with it, took a lot of favorites. A dollar would win you, win you 3,000. Um, so you could mess around all you want, but I would encourage you. To just do one of these crazy parlays, throw a tiny bit of money on it, and who the hell knows? Like I said, you have a better chance of hitting this parlay than you do the lottery, so could make it even more fun. At Talladega, with the odds being the way they are, could be just an absolutely crazy payday, depending on what guys you take. So just throwing it out there to end the head-to-head section this week. So now we'll talk about the Phil's Fired Up section, and if you're new to the podcast, this is typically in the past where I'd like to rant just about something in the gambling world related to NASCAR, 
and it's usually been kind of a negative connotation around the whole thing. But um, lately, this season, there's been a lot of positive stuff. So I am going to talk about some positive things that I'm seeing here. But first, I want to touch on the truck series because I've been, not to toot my own horn, kind of on fire lately. Um, so last week, called out Austin Hill to beat Zane Smith in that head-to-head. Basically, that's that's what I've been focusing on, right? I've been trying to zero in on one head-to-head matchup and really hitting it hard. And a couple weeks in a row now, Sam Mayer losing to Matt Crafton was a big one. And then last week, it was Austin Hill over Zane Smith. That hit. So feeling very good about the truck series. I want to keep it going because we don't have too many races for those guys left. And Talladega, obviously, could be a really fun one. So I started digging into it a little bit. For starters, we do have a rematch for Austin Hill and Zane Smith. And just looking into that um, briefly, I do like the same thing. I do want to run it back. I want to go with Austin Hill over Zane Smith again. Zane was uh, 33rd last year in the playoff race at Talladega. It's bad juju all around. Um, so I will definitely be throwing that into a parlay. But it's not the matchup that I'm going to focus on. Right, because I've had a few people kind of reach out to me and say, "Hey, you know, I heard you're hot with the truck series. What do you like?" I'm talking about like buddies of mine who probably don't even listen to this podcast. Um, and you know, I'm two for two over the last two. And so, if they were to reach out to me again, I do have a matchup, and it's Stuart Friesen over Chandler Smith. Now, Chandler Smith wanted some money a couple weeks back when he hit that uh, win. I believe it was Bristol. He won our, our parlay for us, head-to-head matchup, and he won the damn race. So Chandler Smith holds a special place in my heart this season. That is for sure. Uh, but I want to break down this matchup a little bit because Chandler Smith has one start at Talladega in his career. He finished third last year in this race, which is damn good. Right? He started fifth, finished third. Not too shabby. Now, the situation that we're in here is he's below the cut line. He had a rough Vegas race. So he's well below the cut line, and he needs to absolutely go for it. This is different than something we talked about earlier. I think it was with Byron, where you're below the cut line. Might as well just say send it. Um, Byron still should be considering the points to some degree. Um, Chandler Smith is 34 points to the the bad, I believe the number is. So that team, this is their shot. And you got to say, hey, we finished third last year. Why can't we finish first? Which is probably true, right? I mean, that makes sense. But I just don't see it this time around. I think this is the case of a younger driver kind of gripping the wheel a little bit too tight, starting 10th. So, you know, you're already kind of in the mix there. Um, you don't know whether he's going to drop back and kind of wait it out or try to work his way to the front. That 10th place starting position is, you know, the upper third of a truck series field. Um, just kind of in the, a bad spot right off the get-go. And then you look at Stuart Friesen. Four races here. He's got a, a decent average finish. No worse than 17th in his career. He, he's finished top 10 a few times. He has a 6th place finish, 7th place finish. He's consistent. He has completed every single lap at Talladega in four starts, which to me in a truck series where there's probably just so much chaos is super impressive. So I would love to take that veteran presence, a guy who is to the good. He's like nine points to the good to make the final four for the truck series. That team probably has just a completely different mentality saying, hey, Stuart, do what you always do, man. Go out, finish on the lead lap, bring this thing home 12th, and we're going to be cruising going into the last race of this round to try to make it to the top four. Um, so he doesn't have to send it. He's starting fourth. You know, he's up front, better position, I would say, not caught back in the minutia. You know, enough forward progress there. He's leading some laps, which he's done a lot of in four starts. So I like Stuart Friesen in this matchup for that veteran presence, for that consistency, for that mentality of not having the pressure of needing to win. And in a truck series matchup, I think that's a a bigger deal than maybe in the cup series. So mark me down for the 52 Stuart Friesen over 
our former boy, Chandler Smith. It kills me to do this to him because uh, I have made some money off of him this year. But uh, freezing over Smith, lock me in to that matchup. That's going to be my pick. Now, as far as picks to win that race, I'm not even touching that. I mean, the, the same guys are the favorites, Numichek and, and Creed and those guys. But, I mean, in a truck series, who the hell knows how that one's going to end up. Um, so I'm going to stay away from, you know, the, the winners, money line picks to win. But um, definitely like that one head-to-head. Lean on the Austin Hill and Zane Smith head-to-head. So keep your eyes peeled for a nice little parlay on Saturday afternoon. Now, moving into more of my rant situation, I just want to mention that I'm absolutely loving these pre-made parlays or these little fun things that DraftKings has been throwing out there. And from what people have told me on Instagram messaging me when I do post a, a screenshot of something, apparently they've done things at different sports books, Barstool, Caesars, MGM, you know, they have these little pre-made things. And to me, that is awesome because I remember, you know, a couple years ago saying, yeah, one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is to try to draw some more attention to the fact that there's no love for the sports books from the sports books rather for NASCAR. And to me, the fact that they're doing that, the fact that they're throwing out these pre-made top 10 parlays or, you know, these two guys to finish in the top five or this whole team to have a more top 10 finishers than this whole team. They're getting creative. They're putting more emphasis on NASCAR. And to me, that's exciting because it means that more people are actually betting on NASCAR and it's just fun overall. I mean, the more people are betting on it, the more fun we have. These things to me are, are so interesting. Now, a lot of the times I'm not digging the actual parlays, like the the chances of them hitting are not great. I've only seen one each race uh, that I thought would make sense, and I've actually hit. So last week, for example, talking about how they're getting more entertaining, it's the Harvick versus Chase battle, right? They DraftKings had a situation where it was you know, we've got beef. That was the the title of the set of bets that they offered. And it was a bunch of parlays saying, okay, they're both going to finish in the top 10. Chase will finish top five. Harvick will finish top, you know, outside of the top five. Vice versa. They both finish outside the top 10. Like just a list of different parlays and the odds of what those would be. And I think that is so creative. People are actually taking the time to look at NASCAR and create those little fun odds and, you know, giving people a chance to take advantage of it. I hit last week on the Chase finishing top five, Harvick not finishing top five bet. Um, but, you know, there are so many on a week-by-week -week basis that sometimes it's kind of hard to really dissect it all. So I kind of go through just with a, not with a fine-tooth comb, but just with a glance over trying to say like, ah, I don't like this don't like that. Oh, that one's, I, I kind of like, maybe I'll throw that in. So if you see one of these that you absolutely love for any reason whatsoever, let me know. Cause that's one of those deals where if somebody's onto something and you love it, I'll ride with you. Just let me know. Um, I'm just not taking the time to dissect it because kind of all my stats are, um, already out the window by the point where they put these out there on the books. Takes them a little while. It usually comes around the weekend. So, Loving what I'm seeing there. It proves that, you know, betting on NASCAR is definitely still a thing of the future. Things are kind of turning that way. We're getting the creativity from these books, and we can only expect more, in my opinion. I mean, this is just the start, I would have to hope. So, love it. If you're somebody out there who works for a sports book, you you're, know somebody who does, let them know that all of this work is appreciated for from the people that actually bet on NASCAR. It makes it so much more fun for us. So positive rant this time around. I don't remember the last time I had a really negative rant. Um, all positive stuff. I'm looking for some good juju heading into a tough race in Talladega. So that'll do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you so much for listening. 
Hopefully, you're riding with us, and we're going to hit it big this week at Talladega. It's going to be a tough one, so cross your fingers, and let's hope and pray that we're going to be coming out victorious. And then, looking ahead to next week, the Roval to finish off the round of 12. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next week for the Charlotte Roval. Place to go. Hell no place to go. Hell no place to go. Hell no place to go.